Good morning, PT. I am so happy to be here. I'm, I, I, I always speak about how much I love PT, but, but I'm just so happy to be here on Mother's Day and having the opportunity to speak to all of you. Um, you know, today is a day where every mother gets showered with love and handmade gifts from little ones and breakfast in bed and all that. And um, it, you know, and for believers, we come into service and we get a word and, and I've been praying over this word for, for a little while, but, um, <clears throat> but it's just something that has been in my, let's see if I can move this here, something that has been in my spirit for a while to talk to you all, um, about. So, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. So we are right in the middle of the year of Jubilee. Amen? Amen. Now, I know when we first started Jubilee, it was Jubilee! Everyone was so excited, pumped, ready to go, ready to get their blessing on. And now it's about that middle of the year time frame where you're like, well, you know what? Some people have really, or several people have really gotten to experience Jubilee already. They've been blessed. I've been blessed. But there are some other people, some people, some of you, who may be wondering, will it, when will it happen for me? What should I be doing in the meantime while I'm waiting for my blessings to manifest? And how do I know if it's time to make plans and take actions or to do as they say, let go and let God? So in honor of Mother's Day, today's message is one of encouragement for you, and it's entitled, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Amen. All right, so we will start with uh, Job, Job 23, 8 through 10, if you can turn to Job 23, 8 through 10. If I go east, he is not there, and if I go west, I cannot perceive him. When he is at work to the north, I cannot see him. When he turns south, I cannot find him. Yet he knows the way I have taken. When he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. So if you are waiting on God, the first thing that you can expect is to be tested. Why do I say that? Because doesn't it feel better when you already know that it's coming? Right? Job was famously tested. When he said that, he had already lost everything. He lost his health. He lost everything. Everything. But he remained faithful in his faith. He never turned away from God. And God restored him fully. So the first thing, like I said, is expect to be tested. So why does God allow us to go through all of these different tests and challenges? I mean, is he just kind of getting, he's up there kicking it, getting giggles out of our struggles? No, he's not. 
God tests us to both build and reveal our character. He's constantly watching how we respond to people, problems, success, conflict, illness, disappointments, all of the things that happen to us to determine if we're ready for where he's taking us. So, you know, when you were in school, if you're still in school, you knew that uh, at the end of the quarter or at the end of the semester, the teacher would give you a test. <clears throat> now, I don't love tests, but I knew they were coming. And when I looked at the teachers, I never thought, oh, why is this teacher giving me a test? Right? I never thought about that. I never, I never got upset with the teacher for giving me a test. Right? I knew that it was for my own good. I might have not liked it. It may have been a little hard, but I knew it was for my own good. But we don't give that kind of credit to God, right? When he tests us, it's, oh, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why am I going to? How dare you put me through what I'm going through? After all that I have done for you. Don't get me wrong, though. Um, it doesn't feel good to be tested. I know something that Christians, we as Christians like to say is, oh, no. You know, when you're going through something, oh, it's, it's okay. It's not that bad. Well, no, sometimes it is that bad. Sometimes you do feel like you're going through something that's a struggle. Winter is really cold. Okay, especially here as a Californian. When it 10 degrees is really 10 degrees. Actually, it might be more like 20 below with the winter, but it's cold. Winter is cold. And no matter how much you know that spring is coming, you can believe that spring is coming. Know it's coming. Know with all your heart it is coming. But when you are in that cold, it hurts. Your fingers are cold. Your toes are cold. So you feel that in that season. But winter is necessary for, for spring. You have to go through winter to get to spring. You have to go through extreme conditions to make things die away so that you can be renewed. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. So now that we know that the test is coming, the next thing we can expect is a change of plans. Well, a change of our plans, right? Not a change of his plans, but a change of our plans or timing or course of action, right? So I'll tell you, a few years back, more than I care to say, um, my best friend and I, went on this amazing safari trip to South Africa, Kruger Park in South Africa, which, oh, okay. It's an amazing wild game reserve, and they have, like, everything is in this, this, this bush. Um, and we stayed at this bush lodge for about three days. Now, a bush lodge, basically, if you, if you think about uh, the South African bush, you have your, your lions and giraffes and your 
zebra and wildebeest. Like it was like a like out of the lion king. Everything that you see was around you in the bush. And then there's this bush lodge that's right in the middle of the bush. And and this lodge is kind of like a camp, like a fancy camp, right, where you stay at. Well, we stayed at this camp for three days. I'm showing you some pictures up here of the camp. This is me and my, my best friend, Kanisha. We stayed there for about three days. So every day, twice a day, so at sunrise and sunset, we would go out on these game drives. And basically what a game drive is, is what you think of when you think of safari. You get in a Jeep like that, and you go through the bush. And as you're going through the bush, um, and if you can go go back, just back to that first, first one with the Jeep. As you're going through the bush, you see all the animals. Well, one thing that you will notice, go back a little bit, a few more. Back. Right there. If you notice, one thing you notice, now remember I told you that there were lions in the bush. Anybody notice something about that Jeep that is a little disconcerting? There's no top or sides on this Jeep. Okay, so, and they didn't tell, this was not in the brochure, so they didn't tell us this until we got there, that there were no sides or top on the Jeep. But I was still excited about it. What they said is, don't worry, the lion sees you as part of the Jeep. So when you're inside of it, just make sure your hands and your legs are inside the vehicle and they won't mess with you. They won't bother you. Don't worry. And so I I was excited. I guess maybe I was a little jet lagged. I said, okay, you know, and if you show that next next picture, my friend wasn't so convinced. (laughs) She wasn't so sure. We would always go out with two staff members. Can you show the next slide? Yep. So you'll see that the Jeep, in the front of the Jeep, there's a chair, okay? And that chair is actually attached to the Jeep. We would go out with two staff members. The first is is the driver of the Jeep, and the other is what's called a tracker. They call them a tracker. And that tracker tells you, that tracker is there to show you where the different animals are. So if you're looking for zebras, you know, they're very knowledgeable. They know where the zebras go. They know where where the cheetahs live and, and all of that. So if you go to that next slide, you'll see that's what it looks like when we're actually in the Jeep with the driver and the tracker out front. Okay, so on our first day, our first two days, we saw giraffes, hippos, rhinos, just about everything was out there. It was absolutely magnificent. And in fact, by day three, we had gotten really, really comfortable. In fact, we had become one with the bush. If you look to that next slide, on day three, as you can see, we are out of the Jeep having a picnic. Go back. We're out of the Jeep having a picnic 
in the African bush. As if those animals, there was no, there's not like a, a, there's nothing around us. There's no fence. There's no barrier. If they wanted to come, they come. I don't know why. We're laughing. We're. So right after that picture was taken, you know, the trackers, the tracker told us, come right away, get in the Jeep. Now, why? Because we saw all of these different animals along the way. We saw just about everything, but the prize animal is the lion. We want to see a lion, right? So you really, if you go on a whole safari and you don't get to see a lion, you get really, you know, ah, that's what you want. The place is called Lion Sands. You want to see a lion, right? That, 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 that's the one thing that you really want to see. So we hadn't seen it the whole time, but on the final day, day three, we saw we we got in the uh we got in the 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 vicinity of a lion so this is what happened tracker says come on let's go they drove quickly and quietly i mean it was amazing to see how the tracker and the driver worked together the tracker would like see some wildebeest tracks and tell the driver drive north go this way and then about 200 yards later he would stop investigate some zebra dung and then say, oh, go a hundred yards that way. In other words, it was clear that both the tracker and the driver knew exactly what they were doing. And then it happened. Next slide. We finally spotted him. He was just as majestic as I had thought he would be laying there sunbathing then, all of a sudden, he realized we were there. He jumps up, turned around, and looked me dead in my face. Next slide. That's him. Now, I didn't take that picture. Somebody else, some other person took that picture. I had to get it from them and say, did you see that? Did you? Look me dead in the face. Then he started move to move toward the Jeep. So this is the way, you know, now you want to talk about swagger, right? This is what, this is what. All right. That's what, the, that's what, that's what Lila. This is his territory. I'm just sitting here taking pictures. So he started to move towards the Jeep. Next slide. Uh huh. So he got closer, right? We were all frozen in fear. <laughs> then he got closer. Next slide. I closed my eyes <laughs> because I was terrified. And at that moment, I was on the outside. I said, what was I think? I have gotten too comfortable where I am on the outside. There, You get three people to a row. I could have sat in the middle of the Jeep and had the same experience, but no, I had to sit on the outside. And so I closed my eyes because I was terrified. And all of a sudden, I felt his mane brush. Mm -mm. that's the picture you can't see my leg but that's the picture of him brushing his mane 
against my leg. Time stood still. Okay. At that moment, I was terrified. My stomach was in knots. I was shaking. But I looked up at the driver and the tracker, and they were just kind of hanging back here, like tootie, like like this happens all the time. In fact, they weren't even really holding their their guns. Like, don't you see? This is the moment. This is what the gun is for. This is it. Kill, kill. After a few minutes, next slide, the lion, without incident, next slide, got up and just walked away. As you can see by the fact that I'm here. (laughs) All right, so what does all of that have, that was a really elaborate story, what does all of that have to do with a change of God's plans? Well, first of all, we put our lives at risk because we trusted those trackers, right? When they sat on the front of the Jeep, they hung over the side, like I said, with lazy comfort, not a care in the world. And why? Because they were knowledgeable in the ways of the lion. They had studied their patterns for hundreds of years. See, trackers record their tracks. Right? They record the lion's tracks. That's their job. Their job is to record the lion's tracks, their tracks. They look at their tracks. They look at their tracks. That's how they know what's going to happen. They look at the tracks. In other words, they, they use the lion's track record to determine their future behavior. So let me ask you this. What is God's track record in your life? When you lost your job, didn't he give you a better one? When you were headed for a divorce, didn't he restore your marriage? Are you trusting his track record of success? Now, I was talking to Tina Opie, who's hilarious, by the way, the other day. And... She put something in perspective for me because I was thinking about like a time of, you know, trusting God, trusting God. And she said, you know, God parted the Red Sea for the Israelites. Like literally they were standing there. He parted the Red Sea so they could walk through. And their enemies, when their enemies came in, he put it back away so that, um, so that they all died. Right now, if I had seen God part the Red Sea, I think I would say, God, you know what? You got this. You know, I can trust you. I know that it'll be all right. You got it. I I think that, in fact, he wouldn't have to do anything else in my life. If I, if he parted the Charles River for me, then I, you know, to let me get through traffic, he wouldn't even have to do that. If he did any of that for me, I would have said, you know what, God, you got it. Or at least I think I would have said that, right? Because that's not what really happened, right? It happened. And then right after that, they begin to question him immediately. Who else did that happen to? Peter, he walked on water, right? Walked on water. And then he got a little nervous. In the meantime, looked back and said, oh my goodness, what's all this going on? Basically, I'm going to drown. 
And if I were Jesus, I would have been like, how do you think you got where you are? You think you can walk on water by yourself? But no. It's our human nature to have a short-term memory when it comes to God's track record. Here's a fun fact. Did you know that a lion can decapitate a human with one swipe of its paw? They told us that fun fact on day one. I don't know why they did that. So really, if you think about that, what that means is that if those trackers were wrong, the consequence was death. If they were wrong about the track record, if they were wrong about predicting future behavior, the consequence was death. But you know what? The consequence for failure did not shake their confidence. It doesn't matter what's at stake. God is still God, always has been and always will be. Okay, Holy Spirit, let's go a little deeper. So each morning, when we would go out on those game drives, the trackers didn't know when, where, or how the lions would show up. They had no idea. Or even if they would see them that day, right? Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. They didn't know when or how, but they knew that if they just spent enough time driving around in their territory looking for them, they would eventually come. The lion is the king of the bush. And if we just spent enough time in his kingdom, then he would show up. In fact, it is impossible to continually dwell in his kingdom without him showing up. See, if you haven't made this connection yet, what I'm actually talking about here is the presence of God. I say, I want to experience God. I say, I want him to show up in, in my life. Do you want him to show up in your life? Okay. All right. Well, then if we want to see him, we have got to get in his presence. See, when I was a child, I read about all the lions and the giraffes and the elephants in books. People told me how awesome they were, right? And I even watched them on TV. But as I matured, National Geographic just didn't do it for me anymore. I wanted to get closer. I had to experience it for myself. See, it's nice to hear what God has done for other people. But I don't want to read about it. I want to be about it. I want it to be about me. I want to feel that for myself. I don't need to hear about what he's done. The Bible is amazing, and I love reading the stories. But that's what happened in the past. I want to know what's happening right now. And I want to experience God right now in my life, right now, today, Mother's Day, May 8th, 2016. So to get this safari experience, we had to 
save our money, get on a plane, go, I can't, just so many, 20 something hours on a plane ride. We had to pay for accommodations. We had to make all of these arrangements. It was a hassle um, for us to get this amazing safari experience. But the good news is, if we want to experience God, our ticket is already paid for. In fact, he's been known to show up right here on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. if you want to come and experience him. And unlike the lion, you don't have to hunt him down. Just call out his name wherever you are, wherever you are, and he'll be there. So how do I know this for sure? Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you mighty things which you do not know. All right. So now let's, let's just have a moment of, of being real here. So if I heard that, and I've heard people say, get in his presence, get in his presence, get in his presence, get in his presence. Get in his presence. I've heard that a bunch of times, but, but what does that mean? Get in his presence. What does it mean to, to get in his presence? Get in, and, and, and if I'm trying to make a decision, how, how do I go from getting in his presence to knowing what to do? Is there going to, am I going to be praying and all of a sudden a booming voice that sounds a lot like Morgan Freeman is going to come from the heavens and tell me, go this way, or that way. And I really, I really used to struggle with that. See, it's all, it's all fun until you actually are faced with a real situation in your life where you have to make a real life decision and you really have to trust God and you're looking for him to tell you the answer. Okay. I mean, this happened to us, my husband, I, many of you all know that um, that we have gone through the IVF process to try to uh, expand our family. And a few months ago, we were down to our last embryo, our seventh and last embryo. And we had to make a decision about whether to transfer or place the embryo so that I could get pregnant. Now, usually this is an easy decision. Yes, you do it. We went through all that to get there. So yes, you do it. But right before that, um, what happened was there was, you know, right a few weeks before that was the conference of the Holy Spirit. Everyone remember the conference. Okay. Pastor Chandler said all of these amazing things about fertility. There was prophecy going on. We had many people praying over us. And we had just really felt like God had been speaking to us about um, you know, about fertility and about kind of just relaxing and you know, so so this time, the decision was different because we had heard a word, right? So, so what we felt was, okay, if we put the embryo in, then are we not trusting God? And if we don't put the embryo in, then are we testing God? Anybody have the answer? Yeah, we didn't either. See, and this is not just like a simple decision of whether I'm going to have Cheerios or cornflakes for breakfast. This is a life-changing decision. 
So when you have a life-changing decision, what do we say? Get in his presence. But you know what? I got to make a decision tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. So is he going to tell me between now and tomorrow morning at 9 a.m.? So what we did was we went to the elder, Elder Lady Carmen. I called her. She, she knows about the situation and what we've been going through. And I said, you know, I, we don't know what to do. Lady Carmen, can you help us? Help us to, to, to think through how are we going to hear from God? And she gave me the best advice that I, probably some of the best advice that I have ever had. She said, follow the peace. How do you know when God is speaking to you? Get in his presence, be still, and follow the peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If one choice doesn't sit well with you in your spirit and it's stressing you out, perhaps that's the Holy Spirit nudging you to move in a different direction. We took her advice and we ended up transferring the embryo. But the beauty of what God does is even though that transfer was unsuccessful, our peace about the decision didn't change. We knew we made the right choice. The more you get in his presence, the more sensitive you become to those nudges and the more sustaining peace you will ultimately have, okay? And here's the best part. This is the best part of it all. God will change your heart and mind so that you no longer want what you want, but you want what he wants for you. And finally, What else did you expect? Expect to be blessed. That sounds so simple, right? That, yeah, expect to be blessed. I expect to be blessed. Do you? Ask your neighbor, do you expect to be blessed? Well, let me tell you, I I will tell you that I admit that I have not always expected to be blessed. How do I know that? Well, when I pray and then I have a plan B, C, and D, just in case it doesn't work out, that's me not expecting to be blessed, right? In fact, as I think about it, when I did that, I was actually planning to not be blessed. It was like a prenup for Jesus. <laughs> Lord, we're in this together. I'm ride or die with you, Jesus. You are my everything, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. But just in case things don't work out as I thought they would, we'll do it my way. So what does it look like when we expect to be blessed? Well, when a couple is expecting a child, what do we do, right? We buy cute little baby clothes. We... uh, set up a nursery, 
you know, we buy supplies. In fact, they're so confident that the baby's going to be here that they tell all their friends. And they don't say, well, a baby might be coming. They say a baby is coming, right? So what do we do when we are expecting to be blessed by God? Are we preparing ourselves to receive it when it shows up? I'm going to quickly talk about the difference between waiting and expecting because there is a difference. Waiting is what happens when you're at the DMV. You take a number, you hope for the best, and the only thing you know for sure is that you will be there exactly twice as long as the estimated wait time that is on that ticket. Waiting. I have no idea what will happen, but I'm going to sit here and find out. There's nothing wrong with waiting, but waiting is passive. You may feel, when you're waiting, you may feel a loss of control, but there is power in expecting. Expecting is, I don't know how God will do it, but he will show up and bless me because he said he would. I am an expectant mother. I expect that my son will grow up to be strong and of great character. I expect that my marriage will not only survive, but thrive. I expect to be blessed financially. I expect to be healthy and fit. I expect to be successful on my job, in school, and at home. I expect every work of my hands to be successful. I expect to be blessed without limitation and beyond my imagination. I expect to have every single thing that God has in store for me. Why? Not because I'm great, but because he is great, and therefore I have great Great expectations. And let me tell you this. If you don't remember anything else that was said this morning, remember this. The extent of your preparation for the blessing reveals the level of your confidence in the blessing. I'm going to say that again. The extent of your preparation for the blessing reveals the level of your confidence in the blessing. But it's not all about us. I know we've been talking about what to expect and expect. God is not a magical genie, despite popular Facebook posts. You don't just clap your hands, rub him, and make three wishes and they come true. The most important question to ask yourself in the meantime, while you're waiting and while you're expecting, is what does he expect from us? Amen. So what does he expect from us? Well, it's pretty simple. To allow ourselves to be used for his purpose and his glory. Your journey is not yours alone. Remember that. This is a kingdom. We're not just, we're individuals, but we're individuals in a kingdom. Your journey is not yours alone. Remember the story of the Wizard of Oz? Everybody, who's, remember the story of the Wizard of Oz? Okay, in that story, Dorothy, the main character, she is trying to get home. And so she goes on this yellow brick road. And in her journey, she stops by and she meets a scarecrow. And he's in need of a brain. So, you know, she gets him a brain on that journey and then she stops and she meets a tin man and he gets 
a heart and she meets a lion and he gets courage. So really kind of the moral of the Wizard of Oz story is that it really wasn't about Dorothy anyway. It was about the journey and how she impacted people along the way. Okay, you may say, Tiffany, that's a fictional story. That's not real. The Bible is real. (laughs) The Wizard of Oz is made up. And you would be right. But here's some nonfiction. When Kia and Damon chose to be transparent about early challenges in their marriage so that other couples could learn from them, that is being used for his purpose. When Troy and Elisa and the missions team go to Honduras and change the lives of those children, that is being used for his purpose. When Shauna and the hospitality team spend hours preparing food with all the special touches so that we can all have fellowship after service together, that is being used for his purpose. When Brother Yimmy shows up on an early Saturday morning just to make sure that the technology works for our worth meetup, that's being used for his purpose. When Mother Darlington, Mother Cummings, Mother Watson prayed over this church and for all of us for decades before we were even here yet, that was being used for his purpose. And when Mother Green insisted on praying for her son every day before he went off to school and that son became an influential leader for the kingdom, that was being used for his purpose. So in the meantime, while we are expecting, if we allow ourselves to be used by God as a living testimony of his greatness, we will be blessed. Our children will be blessed. Our children's children will be blessed. And the kingdom will be blessed. Amen. Let us pray. If you are expecting God to show up in your life, repeat after me. And you can say this prayer over and over again. Lord, I come before you humbled by your grace. I thank you for for your wisdom. I thank you for preparing me for your blessing. With this prayer, I put aside my own plans and desires. Change my heart so that I want what you want for me. Comfort me through my tests and trials. Give me your peace and patience that passes all understanding. I submit to your will. Use me for your purpose, and I will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.